and welcome to Inspiring Women Leaders, the podcast about leadership by women only, from which everyone can learn. Inspiring Women Leaders aims to showcase the extensive leadership knowledge and practical skills of its incredible guests, and to both inspire and educate its listeners, helping them acquire the know-how necessary to become better leaders themselves. Without further ado, I'd now like to welcome my guest. So please, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Inspiring Women Leaders. Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspiring Women Leaders. Today, I'm really excited to welcome to the show my friend Ewan Toe. Ewan is a compassionate leader committed to fostering psychological safety and a sense of belonging within teams, thereby enabling accountability, resilience and creativity. Having originally trained as a pharmacist and still undertaking some work as a clinical pharmacist, Ewan also currently serves as the clinical director of a primary care network in Lincolnshire in the UK, where she leads on population health management, and she works collaboratively within the integrated care system there, while embodying a leadership style that prioritises the well-being and growth of her team members. Passionate about equity, diversity and inclusion, Ewan takes the lead in cultivating connected cultures through her role in the Connected Cultures Leadership and Peer Support Network. Through this initiative, she aims to build an inclusive environment that embraces differences, empowers individuals and encourages collaboration. Ewan also contributes to education by occasionally teaching in universities, providing guidance to international medical graduates and participating in postgraduate courses. As the clinical lead for primary care education, she ensures that healthcare professionals receive comprehensive training, ultimately enhancing patient care delivery. With her expertise in leadership, commitment to EDI and contributions to education, Ewan is dedicated to making a positive impact in the healthcare industry and nurturing a culture of inclusivity, resilience and collaboration. Of note, Ewan is also the co-host of the Imperfect Clinician podcast, the aim of which is to enable and encourage listeners to focus on their personal development, which will ultimately enhance their professional development. So... Without further ado, let's meet Ewan Toe. Welcome to the show, Ewan. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and speak to the show's audience today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I just want to add um, exciting news have just landed. So out of the bio that you've read, I need to add in that I will be a GP partner starting in October. So I'm looking forward to that. Amazing. Congratulations. That's that's Thank fantastic. And another, another kind of quite quite different leadership role of you know within a, a small organization which will complement your, your your leadership roles within the wider um kind of health ecosystem in your region so um another sort of different opportunity to show your skills and and uh, make a difference in a in a in a different environment that's that's wonderful yeah. um and yeah it's 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 great to you know that to see you know non non gps non family physicians for our american listeners um you know who are, who are clinically trained like clinical pharmacists um actually be, you know becoming leaders within um you know family family practices and, and being able to bring their own uh, kind of um you know approach and ideas and knowledge and skills which are different different skill sets to gps exactly um, and i think yeah. having having now playing different roles and having different hats on it's really great by trailblazing this to show to other colleagues um medical and non-medical colleagues that these type of lateral progression is possible yeah. and you you can always gain those leadership skills in any any role that you take on that will be helpful to your next step yeah absolutely yeah no i completely agree thank you thank you so much for sharing that that really is exciting um so yeah, great, great little um, little add-on um, and update there. Um, and I've I've read out your your fantastic bio, um, beautifully beautifully crafted. Um, but maybe in in your own words, you could tell the audience a bit more about yourself, um, including what your kind of your current main roles are and leadership positions you currently hold, please. Of course. So um, pharmacist by background, so trained um, in university, being a pharmacist, and I didn't plan for my career to pan out this way. Um, 
but <laughs> it, it wasn't planned to, you know, I wanted to be X, Y, and Z by yeah. whichever time, but I had a very clear sort of purpose in life and it, it came out when I could articulate it very carefully that my main aim is to make sure that I'm helping those who don't have a voice have a voice in in any setting. So whether it's in a general practice setting, whether it's in a primary care network setting, essentially um, for um, states listeners, those are practices coming together to form a network. And so how do we manage that and ultimately deliver patients care and working creatively and collaboratively outside of the box because we need to think differently going forward we mm. need to work with trust we need to work with neighborhood team we need to work with different groups of people so we can give more tailored care to the people mm. who actually need them and mm. so my role all of my different roles whether it's you know clinical director or whether it's um, gp partner or whether it's a pharmacist role they all sort of complement each other mm. and we can't work in isolation anymore we need to be very open to what's happening in the system so mm. i do a lot of system work so my edi work for example this is one of my passion i think people who are disadvantaged of any possible reason should be addressed because we want people to be happy at work we spend so much time at work that if you have a really difficult time at home we want you to come to work to feel that you are supported. We want you to come to work to feel that you are empowered, you are supported to do what you want to do, and people around you understand what you're trying to do and also embrace your difference. We don't want everyone to fit in because everyone's the same. We want everyone to bring in all the different things so we have an amazing mixture of diverse group of people. Yeah. Fantastic. Love, really, really love that. Love your, um, you know, your your aims and um, your, you know, the things that are really kind of like driving you forward, your, your motivating factors and so on. And, um, you know, you've uh, I read out in, in your bio about, um, you know, fostering psychological safety. And, and I think um, you've you've said something that none of my other guests have have said, um, which is about, you know, work work being a, a sort of a happy place and you know by implication a safe space you know um people have have problems in their personal lives um but because you know a, a third or whatever of our life is is in in the workplace um it's very difficult to cope with you know challenges in our in our private lives isn't it as well as challenges at work so um if you can if you can uh, work towards providing that for people that's a, that's a, a really wonderful mission exactly so. and i think if we focus on that instead of the usual tagline of we want to attract our people we want to recruit retain our people mm. which is you know what workforce leaders sometimes use mm. but we ultimately studies have shown that the sense of belonging is one of the biggest reasons whether people stay mm. or leave mm. and i also want people to think or, or to understand that everyone comes to work myself included to do a good job and so assuming best intention when something happens really changes your way of dealing with a problem or how mm. you even verbalize it because if you start with judgment and mm. being critical instead of curiosity and you go tell me what's happening how can i better support you mm, mm. conversation will be more constructive and the yeah. other parties will be more also more open to talk about it instead of they're going to blame me anyway so what's the point yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's a, that's such a good point i really really appreciate you uh you bringing that up um um it's, it's such such a lovely approach um to you know to understand that we're all humans and and we can all make errors um but that you know it wasn't our it wasn't our aim there was no uh there was no malice uh malice of forethought they say in the law um you know we didn't intend to harm that person um it is you know is a really really important place to to start from and then it's like well so you know what can what can you learn as an individual from what happened what can we learn as an organization from what happened what yeah. what can we change in the systems the processes to kind of prevent this from happening to make um you know the experience for patients safer in the future love that 
Oh gosh, I mean, we've just started, and already we've we've <laughs> raised some fan, fantastic points. Um, really loving this. Um, yeah, so um, let's let's move on um, and talk about your personal leadership style. Um, yeah, how do you you know day to day? How do you kind of present yourself as a leader? So I am more of a compassionate leader, and I'm more of an open door. You ha- you can come to me at any time. Yeah, but. I always operate um, with that James Clear quote. Um, we can, we don't um, reach our goals. We fall to the level of our system. So mm. system in place is really important. We can say, "I'm going to catch in. I'm going to catch up with you, X, Y, and Z." But if we don't schedule it in the system to make it happen, when we say we will, the day just caught up with us. And so very easily it's forgotten. So how do we build a robust system in place to make sure that, for example, today I'm going to catch up with X, Y, and Z, and I need to make sure that this is in place every month, every three months, every six months. Mm -hmm. I need to showcase and I need to demonstrate to the people that I'm leading, but also other leaders that by making sure that you have that in place where you go, I am scheduling a time Mm. to give you and myself protected time to talk about your development because Mm. I'm investing my time and I'm investing my effort to make sure that you've been listened and make sure that people are being heard because a lot of the time when we are trying to do a million things all at once, regardless of whether you're in healthcare or not, we have so many things on our plate. And so when we trying to do one thing, answering an email, it's very hard for anyone to talk about the difficulties if they know that you're not 100% in the conversation. Love it. Love it. So what I'm hearing is that, um, and this very much, you know, shining through that you uh, you have a, you're a compassionate leader, you have that um, compassionate, kind um approach to your leadership um talking of approach you are you're very approachable as you say you have an open door um policy um so you know people people can come to you it sounds like you know when you talk about you know um really safe you know safety netting um blocks of time um for your development and the development of your team that you are very much kind of you know prioritizing their development needs and giving them giving them what they need to grow so there's a sort of servant leader uh side to you as well um by the sounds of it um, yeah and I, and I find that when i invest and i show that i care in in the people that i'm leading i don't even need to tell them to do a good job because they would want to mm-hmm. and so if i focus on making sure that they need they have the right environment, they have the right people around them to do their job. They want to do better, they want to do more. Mm. And so I am creating like a a soil, you know, filled with nutrients and nourishment mm. and mm. it would grow. Yeah, yeah. So a, fer- a fertile environment um, yes. for, for people to thrive. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it sounds like you're very much em- empowering people to kind of um, go off and do a great job because you've given them the, uh, you know, the, the, the toolkit and the building blocks and whatever to be able to do that. Um, yeah, and I think that's where you mentioned uh, when you read about my bio, the psychological safety, mm. because when people are being creative and do things differently, ultimately, there might be, like you said, we're human and we make mistakes. And so when you have that environment where they feel safe in making mistakes, learning from it, they are more likely to think outside the box, mm-hmm. be open to suggestions, think how we can work differently, be collaborative, be creative. And a lot of the things that we have now coming our way, AI, for example, we need to learn to work more creatively and mm-hmm. work with a different system with a different mindset mm, yeah 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 i love that i mean that's very much um you know in in line with um have, have you heard of the uh the uh, google's 
workplace institute where really? they um yeah and it sounds very very much like a, a sort of like a version of that you know they uh they in, insist on 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 absolute trust within the the small groups of people they put together to innovate um such that um and and you 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 said like you know that your employees are open to suggestion they take they take uh, you know critical feedback in a in a in a positive way but here it's the other way around they are they feel uh able to make suggestions without fear of any criticism you know the yeah. old thing about there's no there's no such thing as a as a stupid question or you know there's no such thing as a stupid suggestion um because actually uh, if you keep it to yourself um that could be you know from google's perspective the next billion dollar idea mm. um where you know you know so you need to be able to feel safe and secure um and in a place of of trust to be able to just say whatever's in your head um, exactly. without, and I think without fear of ridicule yeah and the having a system in place to make sure that not the leaders speaks first because very easily you have the situation where we ask the question for example but if the leaders start setting the direction everyone tends to follow whereas if we open it up and say let, for example right let's write it on a piece of paper and we're all flip it at the same time there is less bias that's going on so making sure that system are in place to make sure that people feel safe to suggest things and so and also there are no right or wrong answer like you said different mm. ideas can be explored and can be debated and mm. people can take on that critical questioning because mm. we are all doing it for the same vision for the same purpose mm. yeah yeah absolutely love that and and you know again it's it it sounds like you're just creating this space where um everyone is able to be heard um yeah. really really like that thank you thanks so much so um you, you you said earlier on that um you know the the position that you're in now and the roles that you have now was was not your plan was never never your intention uh you're kind of like an accidental accidental leader perhaps um you know cast your mind back you know when you were you know maybe uh, in doing your GCSEs or or, uh, or whatever, and you're like, well, I need to do these A-levels because I want to be a pharmacist, if that's if that's how it was, or maybe you decide to be yeah. a pharmacist later on. But when, but yeah, what what kind of what kind of happened? You you obviously wanted to study pharmacy, and then yeah, how did you how, how did you evolve, and how did this um, this beautiful kind of portfolio career kind of happen? So I am um, so I'm originally from Malaysia. And uh, when I was applying for my university, I only applied to one, mm -hmm. um, which was a university that provides sort of two plus two. So two years in Malaysia campus, two years in the UK. Okay. And then my mom's like, are you sure you should be applying to more options? You know, just in case, just not put all of your eggs in a basket. Mm. I said, no, this is the only uni that I want to go yeah. and I'll make sure that I'll get in. And in the end, I got in with the scholarship um, to that university. Excellent. And I don't know what it was about the university. I knew I knew I wanted to come to the UK. Mm. And so I, I studied pharmacy and then I was like, hmm, not quite sure what the future holds because the, the progression of pharmacists in the UK is different from Malaysia and mm. I'm sure different in different countries. But when I saw, I, I managed to, because because of how I was, I think, as a person, I've always been immensely curious about stuff and so when I when I have opportunities to find out how things can be done inverted commas differently for example mm. when I was training I sat in with the pharmacist who was doing her own clinics mm. and I was like okay this is something I find it really interesting and when I did my um exercise to find out what are my two main values mine was growth and service so for me I always need to find something that stretches me and to be in service of other people. Hmm. And so from then on, I was just trying to find something to stretch me. So I got um, trained as a prescriber, I have my own clinics, but what else? I've always wanted something to keep my hands and my brain mainly 
stimulated about different things. And I think deep down, I've always had that, I guess, activist side of me, because in Malaysia, I grew up with three different races. So you've got Malay, Chinese and Indian. And race was always a big thing, but always very openly discussed about. So I was mm. exposed to that when I was growing up. And then when I came to the UK, I realised, OK, the system works a little bit differently, but there are other things that are still existing in the UK, as in in Malaysia. So what can I do? How can I help the people, myself included, who are being affected by it? Whether it's bullying, harassment, whether it's racism, whether it's discrimination, regardless of whether it's your skin colour, whether it's your sexual orientation, whether it's your gender. And maybe for some people, they have intersectionality with all of these, which makes it even harder for them to deal with the day-to-day -day work. So I started in community first, working community, and then I move on to almost like a private clinic of such where I work more with AI and algorithm to build online clinics. And that was really yeah. interesting to see how that side of things work. But then I slowly transitioned into primary care because I still feel the need to work with patient directly. I, I guess a lot closer compared to when you when you're designing an online clinic. And so I sort of found my niche in primary care. But I notice in primary care, um, this is not just in Lincolnshire, but across the board, there isn't still there is more awareness now compared to before. However, there isn't a lot of system in place to make sure that people have the safe space to come and talk about things. Mm. And so that started my conversation and a lot of it partnership with people who've done it in different settings or done it in maybe private sectors. Hmm. So this is more of a learning from mistakes. So in Lincolnshire, the previously connected cultures that you mentioned previously called the Bayman Allies group. So the group was initially formed to do two things. One, to make change in the system. And one is to have the peer support, the confidential space for people to come. And by doing that, we can signpost them, we can give them mentors and any concerns that are raised then feeds into the leadership group. But for one group to do two things, it was very hard because we don't have enough and perhaps the scale to do that as well. So now learning from that and after listening to the people on the ground, connect, uh, we agreed to name as Connected Cultures and we branch it to two, diff two different arms. So the leadership group is a separate group mm -hmm. where we have EDI leads across all different sectors, trust included, voluntary sectors, care sectors, social care sectors, all of them coming together. Mm. And we have the exec sponsor from the chief, chief exec of Lincolnshire. And so this is more of a top-down approach where we have the leads of each organization, the chief execs coming together, filtering through downwards, and mm -hmm. we still retain the arm of the peer support network. So we listen to people on the ground and we do bottom-up approach. And this is how we're aiming to reduce the inequalities. So learning from what happened before, this is what we're going to do. And end of September, we're relaunching the Connected Cultures Network and we are tweaking things a little bit differently because we are talking about clinicians on the ground. We're talking about voluntary sectors. We are talking about non-clinical staff on the ground. Not all of them will be able to come and join the Teams meeting. So how can we engage with them better? So we will be setting up protected Facebook groups. We have a safe space for people to build relationship organically and then still have the function of feeding into the leadership group. And any changes that comes out of it will then be fed back to the peer support network and say, we've listened to you. This is what's in place. We will monitor the impact. We will keep listening to you and then go from there. So it's more of a feedback mm. loop of such. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a really, uh, yeah, kind of novel, novel approach, I think. And uh yeah yeah it's, it's very it's very sophisticated you know um yeah i like i like the top down and the bottom up and 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 the feedback loop and just kind of like mm -hmm. you know in 
enabling that kind of you know maintenance and um and and growth and can kind of consistency um but yeah no so yeah just so li- listening there so it sounds like a, a, lo- a lot of your um the you know kind of thrust behind your um you know the the expansion of your um you know career career desires i suppose from pharmacist to to pharmacist plus leader uh comes from your kind of very um innate and embedded curiosity your values of growth and service your passion you know it's got palpable passion it was through the through the computer screen for um for edi and kind of representing and, and advocating for and um enabling uh health equity for people from um you know kind of disenfranchised backgrounds um and uh empowering empowering people um and you know that's kind of you know how you uh you got to and obviously as you say you you kind of like you're always you're always looking for that new that new thing you know a new thing to stretch you you know so uh what yeah. watch this space but you know future uh chief exec of the whole nhs i think on this interview now <laughs> 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 wonderful wonderful no it's a, it's a lovely it's a lovely journey thank you thanks for sharing that with us um so uh through through your um your career um at, you know different at different points maybe early on when you were a pharmacist I mean, you mentioned that it's um that pharmacist who who did her own clinics and that sounds like that that blew your mind that was like i i've never seen that before i didn't realize pharmacists could do this it's like yeah i yeah i want i want a bit of that myself um you know she you know he or she sounds like uh, like they were um an inspiration to you but were there any people either early on in your career or um or or through your uh, the development of your leadership um positions um you know or more recently that um you know have helped you helped you rise you know male male or female is there any that you can really think of that you can share with yeah so i think one uh, one of it was dr alma mark she was um she's now a retired gp but she mm. was um the previous clinical director for for my primary care network Mm. and you know with when somebody believe in your potential Mm. and they became your ally and Mm. opened doors for you she Mm. was that person for me and she was introducing me to different people of course i have to work hard as well but i didn't have to knock on doors as much as i would have need to without Mm. her And she was such a big supporter of me. And when when I got the CD role, she was she was in the States then. I I, I was speaking to her and she's like, oh my goodness, I'm so happy for you. And you know, genuinely very, very happy for me. And also she she was the one that um dragged me into, dragged me, um, <laughs> recommended that I joined the Bayman Allies group because she knew I always had that side of me that I wanted to help others. Um, who haven't who haven't had a voice for themselves? The other person would be um, surprisingly wasn't my biggest supporter, ardent supporter at the start. So was a very critical against me person at the start, and it was Neil, the practice manager. Um, and we had a lot of clashes at the start. So I was really surprised that relationship sort of turned, but. I wasn't doing it to convince him I was doing the right thing. And so with time, he could see that I was doing it for the people. Mm, And then we still have our clashes, but those are really healthy debates. Mm. And he's always been very straight with me. I think I really appreciate that in people where you Mm. can be very clear because I, Mm. I don't think being nice is being kind. I think being clear is being kind because being nice might mean that you're not being very clear. Mm, and you mm. might you might sound nice but it's not very kind to the other person because they don't know how to work on it and so yeah neil's one of my ardent supporter but he will always be very straight and say this idea is really bad <laughs> yeah. and, and then and then we'll have our discussion so i always enjoy our you know really open open and honest discussion between ourselves yeah. And and I want to say I am really inspired by people on the ground 
instead mm. of naming certain names, I think people who work really hard, people who've overcome adversities, mm. whether it's racial, whether it whether it's because they're a single parent. Mm. When I hear stories like this and when I see it in action, I am just in awe because I have the privilege of my husband being very hands-on. You know, I mm. have help. I don't mm. have parents around me, but we we have the privilege and we have the affordability to send our kids somewhere else mm. we don't have you know we don't have caring responsibilities for our parents here mm. and so for for somebody to have that and perhaps many more of other things that they have on our on their plate it for them to come into work every single day and still wanting to give 110 percent when they're mm when they have so many things already on their plate at home, mm. Mm. these people really inspire me to, you know, do do better for mm. them. I really love that. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just just let, letting that kind of like percolate a little bit. But uh, um, I mean, you know, fan fantastic. The, um, you know, the, the the people that you've that you've named and um, you know, lovely to know that the previous clinical director was uh, was also a woman, and um, and 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 hopefully that that meant that you, as a as a woman applying for that leadership role, were um, going to be a, a little bit more accepted. Mm. Um, that it's not, you know, just um, kind of you know male 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 heavy, yeah, and uh, male orientated, um, and you know, um, yeah, I mean she she sounds like a like a fantastic ally but but also um you know your your practice manager colleague um you, you know he is i don't know i'm i'm just i'm just making an, an inference here but it's almost like maybe maybe he was he was testing you a little bit you know kind of uh, at the at the start you know and challenging you to kind of see is you know is is there is there more is there more substance to this person or 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 is you know is she going to flake you know sort of thing and you you know you always for you kind of came back to the patients um and and the good that you could do for patients and uh you know you remained very uh you know single-minded and, and steadfast in that um and he's like yeah you know she's she's the real deal you know she walks she walks the talk not not just talks the talk and and uh sounds like you know you you just convinced him through your through your actions really but i love i love that um <laughs> that that misconception that being being nice is being kind and um but being clear is being kind and uh that's your that's your approach um because you can be nice and sort of you know you just want wanting to be wanting to be nice wanting to be kind but kind of you know inadvertently misleading people giving them false hope and things like that isn't it you know but but it's like you know uh just need to be to be honest honest with you yeah. um and you know that that is honesty is the best policy and that's the kindest the kindest way and and maybe um you know it's, that sounds like the relationship you have with uh with with neil as well like he's like just just gonna be clear just gonna say say how it is you know i don't i don't Straight agree with your, your, yeah That's i don't agree with your approach on this one um <laughs> but it's not kind of then giving you any false hope that maybe that that policy will be will be uh pushed through or whatever um and you know and and, and i was I, I was thinking i you know I, I teach you know img doctors and and um sas doctors special special uh, specialty and associate specialist doctors in and hospitals about conflict and healthy conflict and how conflict is not something we should run run a mile from you know we should yeah. you know almost we should we should embrace good conflict because that's how as you said before innovation kind of comes from that and creativity comes from that you know um so i love that but i mean what really has has touched me is you uh, talking about um you know gaining um a lot of your inspiration from your colleagues who actually just just they show up uh, and not and not just physically show up, but they 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 literally, um, you know, they perform at work. They give one hundred and ten percent, regardless of what is going on in their personal lives and so on. And you're right; that is that is hugely inspiring. And uh, I thank you for reminding me of that. I really appreciate that. Um, 
I, I mean, it's, you say you're, uh, you know, you, you you came from Malaysia, you came to the UK and studied, and then obviously ended up, uh, you know, kind of like working here as well and staying here and and uh, raising a family here. And um, you know, have you uh, have you faced any challenges that you are, you know, happy to happy to talk about? And and do you have any suggestions on how listeners can navigate their way through any sort of challenging experiences? Yeah, so with me being from Malaysia, I think I, because I was raised a little bit differently because my dad couldn't speak Mandarin or any other languages at all. English was his first language. Mm. So English was my first language. Mm. But it's not the same for a lot of other colleagues who move from other parts of the country. So then mm. there is always an additional level of difficulties there. Mm. And also because I was now upon retrospection is actually a good thing. But uh, my mom used to be a teacher. And mm. so I used to be on stage and give speeches and storytelling. So I'm always I'm always used to like mimicking accents, sounds, tones of voice. And mm. so for me to when I listen to, I, I don't know, for example, the news my tone my accent and my tone of voice just automatically became here mm, mm. it's not that easy for a lot of people even though it wasn't an easy experience memorizing all of the different scripts and scripts when you're really young and you want to play mm. but you're mm. supposed to be practicing before you can go on stage and you know win mm. prizes and all of that and so all of that when i did a lot of you know reflection on on the past and what how it affected me that almost gave me a different level of superpower that mm. I was able to be integrated into the UK much easier than my colleagues. Mm. I think there is always this because I am Malaysian Chinese. Mm. There is always this difference in culture. So understanding those cultures. So, for example, the different types of food that I eat, um, the place that I work now is <laughs> It's a great place. So when it's, for example, when it's Chinese New Year, don't decorate my room, don't decorate the, the staff room and embrace mm. Chinese New Year. But it wasn't the case all of the time. So mm. I know how hard it is for people to go into a place to assess how safe the environment is before mm. they can open themselves up little by little. So they will mm. bring what is considered, inverted commas, norm to them to, to work. Mm. And if they feel that the work is safe, then they'll bring the whole self to work. Mm. And I think that's the difference between fitting and belonging, which Brené mentioned, um, Brené Brown mentioned quite a bit on that. Mm. And and so I managed to find a place um, that I feel that completely embraced me for who I am. And I do the same for other people that I deal with as well. Mm. Um, being Chinese, there is always this, sometimes classes some people see as advantage because you have the generalization for example because you are Chinese you are I don't know good in maths for example mm. Mm. and sometimes that works in my favor there are other things like comments about facial features um sometimes comments about gender so oh you're taking over from somebody who was a male so I can't really speak to you about football so it's, you know, mm. little bits of mm. this general, generalization in that. And and I want to say, in my experience, a lot of the time, they are not of malicious intent. It's yeah. more of a comment that is not being thought through. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I want to say I'm, I'm, I'm more lucky in some ways compared to my other peers, because when I work and when I speak to my other colleagues from Malaysia, they have a, more difficulties in that. Yeah, yeah. No, I um, no, I, pr I appreciate that. Um, I mean, um, it it sounds like some of the things that you've um, 
that you've experienced you know like the the stereotypes about chinese people being good at maths and comments about your facial features and and being female and not being able to talk about football which you know is it is an assumption because there are plenty of plenty of women who are football fans out there mm -hmm. it's it they, they're all microaggressions there's yeah. casual there's casual racism there there's microaggressions there mm -hmm. um you know and if you are in the the wrong work environment and you're experiencing a lot of those that's you know can lead to that phenomenon of, of death by a thousand cuts can't it yeah. um but it, it it sounds like to me you you have experienced these but maybe not frequently not of a, of a high volume um and you know maybe some of your kind of like your you know almost 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 native english speaking you know you were brought up kind of speaking english with your with your yeah. dad and and so on um as kind of helped you mm -hmm. um in that way um but um yeah yeah and i mean when you get these you know m comments that are maybe not of mal intent mm. uh you know there's no there's no maliciousness there in your in your opinion um how do you how do you deal with them do you do you sort of do you do you call them out you know gently call people out or yeah, do you so... let it go how do you how do you deal with it so I think in the past, when I was younger, because there was a lot of fear driving the reaction, because you don't have as much experience, it might be my first time in the UK or, or experience with people that I've worked with, or maybe mm. that person's off senior position, mm. then I tend to just take it. Um, one of the example was we couldn't really pronounce Ewan. So let's give you another, you know, a Christian name, for example. Right, okay. Um, and when I was younger, I didn't know how to stand up for myself. Mm. And I think as time grew with experience, I find that instead of calling out and say, that's not okay, because usually that starts then a defensive, the other person then goes, oh, you know, and usually when that happens, they stop listening. So I just ask the question of why do you think that's the case? Yeah, like, tell me more where yeah. where is that coming from and yeah. usually they go oh i don't really know it you know mm. i just thought about it that way and it triggered more of a conversation of like let me understand you a little bit more and i'll understand yeah. them a little bit more it's almost like opening the bridge and say let's talk i'm yeah. not finger pointing we are trying to understand each other because you're not in my shoes and i wasn't in your shoes so i wouldn't know so mm. again coming from this you invest intention in these cases when i know it's not malicious i want to try to find out and also give them the opportunity to know more mm. of course there will be situations where boundaries need to be set and that is not okay and yeah. if you're not in a position to do that you need to know who to go to and that's one of the reasons why the connected culture was built um but yeah i, I find that starting with curiosity and go Ah, I wonder where you got that from. Or I wonder who mm. told you that. Or, you know, other things yeah. like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And they'll go, hmm, I don't know, X and Y told me that, but I haven't really questioned that. Or maybe I've got another Chinese friend who's that, but I assume all, all of the Chinese people are the same. Mm, and mm. so it's just okay. asking those questions and let people yeah. come to that conclusion themselves. I yeah, feel yeah. they retain that much better than you just telling them. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, and and I lo I love that you know. Again, you know, you've 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 mentioned this before. You always seem to come from a place of curiosity. So, challenge challenging people, as you say, is just gonna they they're just gonna close close off, aren't they? And they're they're not going to engage in the in the dialogue um, about it. But uh, and I think I and and I'm really I'm really intrigued by this. So I think things like you know uh and a, a, a stereotype assumption you know chinese people are good at maths or you're a woman you don't know anything about football that's that's fine to say oh yeah what 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 makes you think that or you know where did where did that come from i'm really interested you know uh but then if someone is saying something about your facial features is that a bit more a bit more personal and and a bit more like oh right how can i how can i challenge them on this yeah. how 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 does how would that work yeah because they'll do this where they pull like the eyelids to the side to show oh like smaller smaller eyes and and sometimes it's come from people who i don't see regularly i don't know like 
when I'm walking on the street and they'll mm. just shout any random Asian ethnicity, like Japanese, Korean, Chinese, just to see whether they get any reaction or they'll mm. do that. And if it's people that I don't see, I just don't give the time because yeah. you're never going to see them again yeah Yeah, you're never going to be able to educate them how much it affects me i have some control over Mm, if it's somebody mm. that i see regularly i would give them the opportunity to say tell me a little bit more why Mm. and then tell them about how it makes me feel i think it's important for them to know how it affects you because they might they might say oh i'm so sorry i didn't realize that really hurt your feeling I, mm. I just wanted to make a joke. I wanted to build a relationship with you because you're new here. And sometimes mm. people don't know what's the appropriate way of doing it. Yeah. And so once they know how you feel about it, yeah. then they are more mindful about it. Yeah. And after that, if that is still happening, after being very clear about what your boundaries are, how do yeah. you feel? And I don't want you to do that again. Mm. You have to raise it further because yeah. then that becomes a pattern. And it's not yeah. just that it's observed by other people and if if this person's in a leadership position it's demonstrating to other people that this behavior is okay yeah 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 thank you thanks for uh thanks for explaining that a bit further um i really appreciate that i think that'll um be very valuable for um for people listening um to learn about that approach um i think it's a really it's a really good approach um so um I mean, in addition to that, that kind of wise advice about nav- navigating your way through workplace challenges. Have you got any other advice um, for the listeners on uh, how to become stronger um, and kinder within within their leadership um, roles? So I, I get this so much from from the students. And I think that's one of the reasons why we started the podcast is I want to do more mm. clinically. I want to do more at work. I have nothing else to improve on, like personally. I'm all good mm. there. Don't worry about it. I can deal with emotions well. Um, I'm just going to focus on the clinical side of it. I'm going to focus on the work. Mm, mm. I want people to understand those two are linked. Mm, so mm. let's say personal development, you got to ceiling A. Professional development, you'll get to ceiling A and you stop. Mm-hmm. You have to break through ceiling A by personal development. Mm. And you get to ceiling B and your professional development will then increase from ceiling A to ceiling B and then you work on it. And a Mm. lot of the roles that I've got now happen after I break through my own ceiling. So we talk about about um, emptying our baggage because we grew up with baggages, childhood, um, upbringing, culture, societal expectation. We take all of that with us. And so that with time tires us slows us down and we build a shield around us because those shields were previously defense mechanism i guess Mm. but now these shields are getting so heavy close the baggages that you're carrying and haven't had the chance to stop and empty them or take some of it off and so how can i do it so i did a lot of um introspection and did a lot of journaling did a lot of meditation that's when I started my whole journey in yoga because I need the constant practice of awareness within. Mm. And for some people, um, finding a therapist would help. I would strongly recommend that. Um, and then when you when you see yourself in a different light, when you understand what are your, in some ways, what are the triggers for you? Mm you then realize your reactions based on those fears because Mm. you carry those fears with you growing up Mm. once you know that you can then acknowledge that you know learn to sit with the pain because very easily we just don't want to because it's too Mm. hard Mm. we want to do something else we want to numb we want to eat we want to drink we want to be on our phones once we learn how to deal with that we can go right this happened i've had a difficult situation Mm. I reacted this way because of what what is the fear that's driving me Mm. and then I go what's the fear that's driving the other person that's reacted this way he's Mm. not I'm not taking it personally he's saying it because he's got his fear driving him as well 
Mm-hmm. And so when I do that, I learn to have a little bit of distance from the situation and me. Yeah. And when you do that, you slowly learn to have the distance between what happened and how you see yourself. Your self-worth shouldn't be determined by what you do or what you produce or how productive you are or how good the day is or how bad the day is. You are a good person regardless. And I think that is very hard because a lot of the time we go, good job, good girl, because you have done something. So it becomes, this is, you get this title of being good because of what you've done or not done. And it shouldn't be. It should be separate. It should be unconditional. I am great regardless. I had a crap day. I'm great. I had a good day. I'm great because everything happens and i know we give you know bigger intensity to bad things but good things bad things happen just like one after another if you look back i don't know 10 years time and you go okay that's a good thing okay that's a bad thing mm-hmm. but you learn to have a little bit of perspective from it and not let it overwhelm you so without the ability to reflect and have the awareness of going these are my baggages these are my shield these are my fear in the driving seat this is not Mm. me in the driving seat they have taken over i have no say i'm being tied up in the boot and without you learning to loosen the ropes almost and gain the driver's seat again the fear will be on the side because fear is there to help you survive but we need to acknowledge the fear and not let it drive us and so that was one of the biggest thing, I guess, um, I want people to know. And for me, the biggest turning point in my career. Mm. I love that. <clears throat> Thank you. That's uh, that's very, uh, yeah, very wise. Um, I, I mean, you, you seem to be, uh, you know, very open to um, bringing your feelings to work and and integrating them with um you know within your interactions with your colleagues and um presumably with your patients as well i don't i don't know but um and yeah i think that is um yeah that's all 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 part of that you know kind of well my feelings come with me my feelings are part of me so i can't be my authentic self uh Mm. unless my feelings are kind of you know known about and you know not on display all the time but you know that people people need to know about how i how i feel about things as well um yes and i think on the on a smaller scale as well it's when you start that conversation with a colleague and or somebody in the team and they have the understanding that this is driven from i don't know lack of confidence lack of self-worth when something happened and they react this way it's very easy for you to just point them back because they go ah We've talked about this. We're not Mm. starting from scratch. I know now, let me work on it. And you don't have to tell them every single time. I think once you've sort of clicked, you almost wipe the dust off the mirror Mm. and they can see things a bit clearer and they go, ha, I know it now. Maybe Mm. they need a bit more reminder in in the future. However, that changed their perspective and that perspective is very hard to unchange. Yeah, yeah. And then they they will see the world and start their own awareness differently. And I, I just, I am there to help support them to do that. Yeah, brilliant. I love that. Wipe, wipe the dust off the mirror. Yeah, yeah. they've already already reflected and seen themselves yeah. the first time you had that conversation. Um, and it's just, yeah, okay, let's just let's just revisit. But it's just a gentle, a gentle reminder, a gentle nudge, rather than having to go go back again I, I i love that one of my um other guests natalie boodoo um it does a lot of emotional intelligence work and uh you know talks about bringing emotions to the bent you know the benefits of bringing your emotions into into the workplace um i really liked the um you know it's it, rationalizing the uh the fears you know like uh you, you know we all have our uh have our own intrinsic fears and 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 you know dialogues with other people can and bring those to the surface but as you said there's a reason that that person has said something that has maybe triggered you they're 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 afraid for whatever reason there's something there's something that's driving the re- why they've said what they said to you and just to 
you know just to keep remembering that that there's always there's always something on the on the other side as well sort of two two sides to every story but there's two two lots of fears to every yeah. every interaction isn't there um and um you know exploring exploring that and then kind of like then you know kind of in a in a safe space but then um knowing that once it's all out in the open then um you can understand understand one another a lot better and prevent these things from happening um yeah. but yeah love it yeah love it i mean there's so much there um <laughs> it's great it's great really 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 good uh good tips there um thank you um do you have any um any kind of pithy concise you know take home leadership messages for the listeners that you'd like to share um i would say the first thing would be just be mindful of how we speak to ourselves whether this is whether you see yourself as a leader or not because i want to say a lot of people who are listening to this will be even though they don't think they are because self-talk a lot of the time becomes what we heard when we were growing up and that mm. became our self-talk but there is a way to reset the neural pathway to it there is a new way to learn how to be kind to yourself because I know us as leaders, we want to be kind to others, but you have to start with yourself. You have to start yeah. within before you have the ripple effect across. Because if you're only kind to others and very critical to yourself, you're going to burn up very quickly and people yeah. will see that you're not walking the talk, like you said. Yeah. And if you model that, it is much easier for other people to, to hear that. And sometimes yeah. I think it's really no different with any sort of leadership or caring responsibility as a parent. You are modelling a way to students, to children, yeah. to colleagues, to other leaders, how that is done. I think yeah. self-compassion, I would say, is one of the biggest, biggest things to make sure that we don't face with burnout. And if we do, we have the awareness of dealing with it. Yeah we want to check in constantly i would say that's one thing and i think the second thing is more for me nature i i feel it's always been my go-to place so before um the partnership was announced to to the practice i was feeling really restless in the morning and I, I was really happy about it but i wasn't sure why i was so restless and and i guess maybe because i i care about the people there mm. and I just went around the park and hooked some trees people like dog walkers were looking at it, like what is she doing <laughs> um but I I did that to give me some I start the gratitude practice in my head and I go this tree here has provided shade to every single person without asking for anything in return and I am grateful to be able to to be a part of this that will be one thing. And the last thing I want to say has always been something that has given me great help is learn to have the distance from the situation that has happened to your response. Yeah. Because if we pause and then we don't react straight away, we usually can respond much better. But that needs to come with the self-awareness, that has to come with other practice that you have in place. And back to the system that we talk about, what system do you have in place for your practice to make sure that you have the awareness so you can help others develop their own awareness? So, yeah, three things. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. They are absolutely excellent. Um, uh, all, all of all of them. Um, I really... I I really like the 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 nature um the nature one as you know um I, I like I love it all but uh, um that yeah what what has that uh that tree has provided you know shade to people and a home for for birds and insects and it's never never asked for anything in return what can we what can we do um that is not not requiring anything in return um that's really beautiful thank you for that really like thank that you. 
I uh, sometimes when I go to the park, um, my secretaries will go, you're not climbing trees again, are you? Because they know <laughs> I need some sort of, if, if I if I need to clear my head, I'll go and balance. That's why I do yoga when I go on handstand. I know where I am in my head if I can balance well and yeah. I've worked on it. And then if not, I'll go on the tree log and try to balance that way because balance needs all of my concentration and this is a way for yeah. me to clear my head. So yeah, th yeah, this is the internal joke when they say that to me. Yeah. <laughs> you just made me think we have an absolutely beautiful um tree in our garden which is a a rowan um a, a, a hawthorn and mm -hmm. um it's uh you know it we've we've had a house for 20 years now and uh you know it was probably as tall as me when um when we moved into the house mm -hmm. and now it's probably at least twice as tall as me if not two and a half times as tall as me and it's you know it's in its full kind of summer bloom with its leaves looking all all um all luscious at the moment you know before they before they start to fall um and uh i do look at that tree and i i do uh really admire it and, uh, and appreciate it but uh i think I'm, I'm gonna go in my garden and be a bit more intentional after this <laughs> after this call um so thank thank you for that um wonderful so ov obviously you mentioned the um the partnership in the in the GP practice that is uh, that is coming up. Is there anything and, and, and with your podcast? Is there any anything else that you're um, currently excited to be working on that you'd like to share with the listeners? So the Connected Cultures launching end of September. We okay, yeah. when when we announced that we had so many responses, positive ones. So we want to be part of it. We want to include other people, and this is from different sectors who've not had that previously so i feel very optimistic i think sometimes when you're working against systems inequalities it can feel really frustrating mm. and when i do when i feel that way i i try to read other people's biography when they're working on i don't know nature when they're working on um oceans when they're working mm. on um pollution and and when i listen to that i i, I feel a little bit more optimistic and some part of it is from building partnership with other people so i don't work in isolation so if i feel low because there's so many things against me it feels like i go and speak to them and, and then vice versa so yeah i'm really looking forward to that and see how that goes i want to create a space for people to come together fantastic thank you thank you so much for that and um when uh when when you start kind of um you know bringing that out on social media about the connected culture please tag me in and i can yes. i can share share yeah, all that, that with my network um so uh, finally uh well almost finally if, if any of the listeners would like to reach out to you um what's the best way for them to do so so we have a website called uh, the imperfect clinician so it's at www.theimperfectclinician.com mm -hmm. um we have got a facebook insta twitter all, all sorts of the social media okay. accounts i think um you'll find us there just find the yeah. imperfect clinician and you'll find us i co-host it with mike rudzinski so yeah please do a lot of the things that i've mentioned today i talked about in in great more detail um, within the podcast we just finished season three so hooray um, congratulations and then um we will then collect our thoughts and then start season four in the next few months and then we'll come back to you in a fresh look so anyone who listens to the podcast i know a lot of the listeners dm us directly if you want to do that we're happy to do that if you want to email us directly do that if not then you can leave a comment or record your message on the website and we will come back to you brilliant that's great so so the the the, the website and uh, and the various social media platforms are all around the podcast the imperfect yes. clinician okay all right and um there's a, a kind of a, a contact button on the on the website yeah yep. fantastic and i i know that you're on you you personally are on linkedin i'm personally on linkedin <laughs> so yeah i mean i uh i think you know i hope people reach out to you and uh and, and start listening to and following the podcast um and engaging with with that as well and um i'll get all your um social media platform links and, and put those in the show notes as well so 
Um, yet yeah, finally, it really is finally now. Um, do you do you have any closing words you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, first, of all, I want to thank you for inviting me here. I think we My met. Pleasure. You we, we met by chance. The universe is doing its thing, and <laughs> and I offered to drop you off at the train station, and then we were able to then by off chance started this whole conversation and realize we are we are off like-minded people indeed, and indeed. you are somebody that I can you know go to for a little burst of optimism as well so I <laughs> for sure I'm, I'm grateful when I meet somebody like this where I go yes you know somebody else in 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 the group where I could tap into <laughs> and the same for me like if you need anything please do give me a shout um and I just wish all the listeners who listen to such a great podcast of yours that they can get what they need and able to reflect and like I said just start the process of giving yourself a minute or two a day just reflecting on the day and give yourself some time to just brain space to give yourself a little bit of brain space and you go right what's my day like and let's start with very very simple steps before you go very deep into your you know, childhood or, or the baggages that we talked about, start small. And once you make it a part of your day routine, it wouldn't feel as much from naught to 30 minutes. Naught to one minute feels quite manageable. Achievable, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, great. That's That's really sound advice, thank you. Well, I'm I'm almost almost sad that our conversation is uh well this this conversation in this in this forum is is over. Um I, I hope that you and I have many more conversations ahead of us. Um so yeah, thank you, thank you so much for coming on the show, Ewan, and sharing all your um your vast wisdom and, and wonderful advice with us. Um and thank you so much to um, the listeners for for tuning in and um, and, and and listening to you. Um, before I go, I just uh, would like to share a brief word about a new online course I've co-written on how to become more assertive, maintain boundaries, and say no. That's recently gone on sale for seventy US dollars or fifty five British pounds. I'll put the link to this at the bottom of the show notes. So please check there or send me an email if you're interested. Thank you. Um, so until the next episode in two weeks. All that remains is to wish you all health, happiness and inspiring leadership. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me and my guest on the Inspiring Women Leaders podcast today. I really hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you did, please download the show and leave it a rating and a review so that together we can share the amazing lessons we've learned from my guests with listeners far and wide and help as many aspiring leaders as possible. Most of my podcasts will also be uploaded to my YouTube channel, Dr. Adam, Physician Coach. So please check out my channel there and hopefully you'll find some videos on similar topics to watch and enjoy. Finally, I have some exciting new group coaching programs and a membership scheme in the pipeline. So please keep a regular eye on my website, www.dradamharrison.com. That's www.dradamharrison.com for updates. Thank you again for your time today and please join me next time, two weeks from now on Alternate Wednesdays for another brilliant episode of Inspiring Women Leaders.